0: Section 18 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne. Surveys and Maps of the District of Columbia by Marcus Baker, Part Two. The Boschka Maps. Albert Boschka was a German employed in the Coast Survey before the war. He conceived the idea of making a very accurate map of washington and of the district of columbia with the hope of selling to the government he was at the time employed in the drawing division of the coast survey and while so employed organized a corps of surveyors at his own expense to do the field work this gradually absorbed his time and thought led to irregular attendance at the office and finally to his enforced resignation from the survey two maps resulted from his work one a map of the whole district the other a map of the city the map of the district is usually spoken of as the boschka map it was engraved upon copper by mr david mcclelland and was just about to be published indeed a few copies or proofs had been printed when the war breaking out the government seized the map and plates the map of the city was produced first and published in eighteen fifty seven it is interesting from the fact that the houses were drawn from actual tape-line measures in the field and drawn with scrupulous painstaking. It is also interesting as being one of the early pieces of work of the well-known firm of lithographers Bean and Company of New York. The field work of the district map was based primarily upon a line from the dome of the capitol to the naval observatory the data was taken from the coast survey report for eighteen fifty one and the position of the observatory as there given was assumed by boschka to refer to the transit circle it subsequently appeared that it referred to the station on the roof from which the angles had been measured and his base line was thus in error by about eight feet this small error is still in the map the roads were meandered by two parties one with transit and chain the other with a level their results being plotted, the plats were taken to the field, and the contours and other details sketched in. The Virginian part of the district, it will be remembered, had been ceded back to Virginia in 1846. Boschka's map did not, therefore, include any of the topography of Alexandria County. That which now appears on the so-called Boschka map was added by two Coast Survey officers, Messrs. Dorr and Rockwell, in the first year of the war. At the outbreak of the war, the United States had no topographic map of the district, the only topographic map existing being the manuscript produced by Boschka. He sold his interest in it to Messrs. Blagden, Sweeney, and McClelland. Mr. McClelland is an engraver, now 74 years old, living in Ladroit Park. He engraved the Boschka map, which was executed on two plates. With his partners, he agreed to sell the manuscript and plates to the government for $20,000. Secretary of War Stanton, not apparently understanding the labor and expense of a topographic map, thought that $500 was a large sum. There was, therefore, a disagreement as to price. After some negotiations, Mr. McClelland and his partners offered all the material, copper plates and manuscript, to the government for $4,000, on condition that the plates with the copyright should be returned to them at the close of the war this offer also was refused there then appeared at mr mcclellan's house in ladroit park a lieutenant with a squad of soldiers and an order from the secretary of war to seize all the material relating to this map mr mcclellan accordingly loaded all the material into his own wagon and escorted by a file of soldiers on either side drove to the war department and left the material While the war was still in progress, after further conference, Secretary Stanton agreed to refer the question of payment for this property to the Committee on War Claims. That committee recommended a payment of $8,500, and the owners, regarding this amount in cash as worth more than future uncertainties, decided to accept it. Thus all the material became government property at a cost of $8,500, and the plates, two in number, are now in the possession of the War Department. Electropate copies of them are also in the possession of the Coast Survey. A subsequent claim for the difference between $8,500 and $20,000, the price asked, was presented to Congress, which decided that the acceptance of the $8,500 settled the claim, and no more has ever been allowed. United States Geological Survey Map In 1885–86, to the United States Geological Survey made a contour topographic map of the district and surrounding country in Maryland and Virginia. This map is part of the general topographic map of the United States, which that survey has in hand. The hill forms are shown by means of contours with intervals of 20 feet. The scale is one mile, approximately to one inch. Existing maps were used in its preparation so far as they were available and for the rest, the work was done in the field. The method followed was largely that of traversing, the traverse lines being controlled by triangulation. United States Coast and Geodetic Survey Map A very elaborate and detailed topographic survey of the District of Columbia was instituted in 1881. In the District of Columbia Appropriation Bill for the fiscal year 1880-81, to there was inserted an item appropriating $5,000 for surveys of the District of Columbia with reference to the future extension of various avenues to the district line. Under the authority thus given, topographers from the Coast Survey were detailed to execute the work. It was arranged that the map should be on a scale of 1 to 4,800, or 400 feet to an inch. This is a scale of about 13 inches to the mile. The work was planned to be most accurate and detailed, and the relief was to be expressed in contours with a five-foot interval. The survey thus planned and begun is now completed and covers the entire district outside of the original limits of Washington and Georgetown. That is, it covers an area of 48.2 square miles. Work was in progress during the ten years 1881-1891, to in which there was specially appropriated for it $65,600 the resulting map sheets are not yet published some photolithographic sheets have been issued from time to time but they do not cover the entire area the work is being engraved upon copper and printed in four colors black for culture blue for water brown for hill forms and green for woodland a few such sheets have been issued each sheet covering about one square mile it will be seen that the survey is one of the most detailed elaborate and careful pieces of topography that has been executed in this country up to date and its publication is awaited with interest footnote since this was written and while this article is in press the coast survey has issued a map of the district of columbia in five sheets it is a black photolithograph scale one to ninety six hundred or eight hundred feet to an inch and a footnote it is proposed to number the sheets consecutively from one to one hundred if the original district of ten miles square be subdivided into one hundred square miles there will be one atlas sheet to each square mile beginning at the northern corner of the district and running southwestward, the sheets will be numbered one two three etc., up to ten thence returning to the northwestern side the next row will be numbered eleven twelve thirteen etc., to twenty and so on to complete the entire district THE FIRST MERIDIAN Old residents of Washington and some of the modern ones also know the term of Meridian Hill. The story of this name is a story of surveying and thus a part of our theme. A hundred years ago it was the custom of various nations to reckon longitude from their own capitals, a bad custom not yet quite dead. Our grandsires, proposing to follow this practice, gave early attention to establishing a first meridian. Joined to it was the idea of a national observatory and American ephemeries, to the end that the young republic might, in these respects, as well as in all others, be quite free from dependence on foreign nations. The complete story of this first meridian seems to be still unwritten. On the Font's plan for the Federal City, the letter B appears on the site of Emancipation Statue in Lincoln Park, about a mile east of the capital a marginal note indicates the plan proposed for this place to wit a historic column also intended for a mile or itinerary column from whose station a mile from the federal house all distances of places through the continent are to be calculated this appears to indicate that lafont planned to have the primary meridian of the united states pass through a point exactly one mile east of the capital still this is not certain as the only evidence discovered is the marginal note just cited on the same map the longitude of the capital is given at zero degrees zero minutes i e according to this note the first meridian was to pass through the capital or congress house as it was then called as a first meridian could not at the same time pass through the congress house and a point one mile east of the congress house it seems likely that the eastern one never got beyond the suggestion or proposal on the original plan When in 1791-92 to Endicott laid off the streets, avenues, reservations, or appropriations as they were then called, he began by drawing a true meridional line by celestial observation which passes through the area intended for the Congress House. This line he crossed by another due east and west which passes through the same area. These lines were accurately measured and made the basis on which the whole plan was executed. This line of Endicott's is probably, Perhaps, surely, the first meridian laid down on the ground in the District of Columbia, and may have been designed for two purposes—first, to serve locally as a reference or baseline from which to lay out the imaginary city, and second, to serve as a first meridian from which to reckon longitudes in the very young and very patriotic Republic. Now Meridian Hill is not north of the capital, but north of the White House, at the head of 16th Street, and so we have another meridian to consider. In the State Department is a letter from Nicholas King, SCW, which I take to mean Surveyor City of Washington, to the President of the United States, Jefferson, relative to a meridian line through the President's House. It is stated October fifteenth, eighteen 1804, and upon it are two endorsements. The first is Nicholas King, 15 October 1804, meridian line through the center of the President's House. The second is King Nick, surveyors office october fifteen o four r e c october fifteenth to be filed in the office of state as a record of the demarcation of the first meridian of the united states this is an important letter and as it appears not to have been published i have appended a copy of it to this paper Footnote. I am indebted to the courtesy of mr fred l harvey former secretary of the washington national monument association for calling my attention to and furnishing me with a copy of this letter it appears that mr king under the direction of a mr briggs laid out a meridian line along sixteenth street in 1804 who ordered this work done i do not know but as mr king who ran the line made a report to president jefferson and as this report was sent to the state department and endorsed to be filed as a record of the demarcation of the first meridian of the united states i infer that the work was done at the instigation of president jefferson and for the purpose of marking the initial meridian line from which longitudes were to be counted in the united states thus i infer that Lafont planned to have the first meridian pass the point exactly one mile east of the capital that President Jefferson planned to have the first meridian pass through the President's house about one and a half miles west of the Capitol, whereas the meridian afterward adopted by Congress was that of the Capitol itself. The meridian through the President's house was, as already indicated, run out in 1804 by Nicholas King. Setting up his transit at the northern door of the White House and pointing to the star in the tail of the constellation Ursa Minor at its eastern elongation, he then depressed the telescope to sight a mark at the intersection of sixteenth and north eye streets this mark was an argand lamp placed on a very low stand over the lamp was a tin cylinder with a slit in it this offset or distance from this mark westerly to the true meridian line was then calculated and very carefully measured and the meridian line marked on the head of a post firmly driven into the ground at the intersection of 16th Street with the northern side of North I Street. No surface marks now show the place of this historic post. Is it, or its decayed remains, still in place beneath the pavement, or was it removed long ago? The telescope was now elevated and pointed due north, to the top of a hill, near two miles north of the President's house, on the lands of Mr. Robert Peter, where temporary posts were fixed and the line marked upon them early in september of eighteen o four mr king with the consent of mr peter planted a small obelisk of freestone prepared by mr blagden on the height where the stakes or post had been fixed the apex of this stone was in the true meridian from the center of the northern door of the white house the line was extended southward across tiber creek and two stones planted near the site of the future washington monument It was planned to set a stone exactly south of the center of the President's House and exactly west of the center of the Capitol. The surveyor, on reaching this spot and finding the Capitol invisible, prolonged a line and set a stone at the intersection of the meridian and a line due west to the southern end of the old Capitol. This stone was standing when I came to Washington some twenty years ago. I have seen it many times it was a rough brownish sandstone or freestone about ten inches square and three to four feet high i do not remember any marks or inscription upon it it was always pointed out to me as the center of the district in the recently published centennial history of washington this is called the capitol stone it is now gone and its site is unmarked after establishing the capitol stone mr king measured back toward the white house 175 feet eight and a half inches a distance just one-half of the length of the capital as it then existed, and here erected a monument. Of the spot and its mark, he says, It is on the south bank of Tiber Creek, and marked by the erection of a small pier, covered by flat freestone, on which lines are drawn. Ex-Commissioner Webb, in his Centennial History of Washington, already mentioned, page 28, calls this the Jefferson Stone, or Center Stone, and describes it, as also its removal in 1872 by order of general babcock who seems not to have been aware of its character or history it seems probable that this jefferson stone was removed when grading was in progress and the capitol stone carefully preserved that later the relation of these stones as has been described above became known to the engineers who then set a new stone in place of the removed jefferson stone and then removed the capitol stone the more or less exact site of the jefferson stone is now marked by a cut granite stone or post planted nearly flush with the ground and marked by a deep cut across north and south by east and west it may be seen on the green lawn on the eastern side and near to the driveway northwestward from the monument recapitulating then we find that along the meridian line through the white house run in 1804 were three stone monuments meridian stone jefferson stone and capitol stone and a wooden post at I street north the meridian stone is gone and its site is unmarked the capitol stone is gone and its site is unmarked the jefferson stone is gone but its site is marked some suitable label or inscription would however add greatly to the interest of this mark which is as it now stands meaningless to most people and lastly the forgotten post on I street of this we have no present knowledge a word now about the stone on meridian hill it will be remembered that commodore afterward admiral porter had a mansion on the old peter place at the head of sixteenth street its entrance was due north of the main entrance to the white house exactly in line between these doorways on the lawn south of the house stood a low sandstone block on which was placed a brass sundial the stone was carved in cylindrical form on its northern side this stone, so the story goes, was removed when 16th Street Hill was cut down some twenty years ago and is now doing duty as a carriage step at the corner of 14th and R. Streets. On talking with the owner of the place at 14th and R. Streets, however, he denied vigorously that this was the Meridian Stone. He described the Meridian Stone as similar to the Capitol Stone, and Mr. King, who set the Meridian Stone and the Capitol Stone in 1804, also described them as similar. I infer, therefore, that two stones at the head of Sixteenth Street have been called Meridian Stone. The original one, still extant, is said to be now serving as a hitching post in front of the Reform School. The carriage step at Fourteenth and R Streets is probably a later stone set up as a base or support for a sundial and came to be known as the Meridian Stone to the exclusion of the original freestone obelisk. The center of the district, it is commonly stated and believed that the jefferson stone was established at the exact centre of the original district and that the washington monument which is less than two hundred feet therefrom practically marks such centre unless i am mistaken this is an error and the centre of the original district is nearly half a mile two thousand forty eight feet north five and one-half degrees west northwest from the monument when ellicott marked out the district boundary he had to find a true meridian line astronomically this he did at jones's point but i do not know of anything to show that he ran this true meridional line through the present washington it is stated in recent centennial history that he did but on what evidence does not appear it is also stated that this line ran exactly through the middle of the white house and up sixteenth street But the surveys now available show that the meridian of Jones's Point passes west of the State, War, and Navy building, and nearly along 18th Street. It seems to have been assumed that because Ellicott determined the meridian at Jones's Point, that he ran that meridian through Washington, and that the terms Meridian Stone, Meridian Hill, Meridian Hill Farm, etc., are derived from his work. Whereas the facts seem to show that these names are due to the work of another surveyor working thirteen years later under different instructions on a different problem and for a quite distinct purpose in short the sixteenth street meridian established in 1804 is quite independent of the centre of the district and quite independent of ellicott's survey the location of the centre of the original district is one proof of this the central point is at the intersection of the diagonals the latitudes and longitudes of the four original corners and of the washington monument enable us to make the following comparison center of the district latitude north 38 degrees 53 minutes 34 seconds point 915 washington monument latitude north 38 degrees 53 minutes 22 seconds point 02 difference 12 seconds point 895 center of the district longitude west of greenwich 77 degrees 2 minutes 27 seconds 0.745 Washington Monument longitude west of Greenwich 77 degrees 2 minutes 7 seconds point seventy-eight, difference 19 seconds point nine six five. it thus appears that the center of the district is 12 seconds 0.895 or 1305 feet farther north and nineteen degrees point nine six five or one thousand five hundred and seventy nine feet further west than the monument. This locates it on or near C Street North between seventeenth and eighteenth streets west. This is the center of the original district. Appendix Surveyor's Office fifteenth, october eighteen oh four Sir being requested by mr briggs to assist him in running a true meridian line which should pass through the centre of the president's house as also the point of intersection by a due west line drawn from the centre of the capitol by fixing permanent marks thereon and as the pressure of other official engagements prevented his attention to more than ascertaining the meridian line and marking it temporarily it devolves on me to describe the mode pursued in ascertaining the line and the required intersections, that others may know what dependence is to be placed on their accuracy. In running the meridian line I acted only in the capacity of assistant, conforming entirely to the instructions of Mr. Briggs, and executing, with all the care in my power, the marking of his temporary line, agreeably to his signals and instructions, in giving which I believe he used all the accuracy of which the instrument was capable." With a new transit instrument, executed by Voigt of Philadelphia, he ascertained the place of the star in the tail of the constellation Ursa Minor. On its greatest eastern elongation, and, continuing the vertical circle to the surface of the ground by the instrument, he determined the bearing, in the line of which on a very low stand was placed one of Argan's lamps, covered by a tin cylinder, in which a small slit was made for a sight, and the line from the light, toward the instrument was drawn upon the stand. Knowing the radius of the circle described by the star, or half the angle formed by its greatest elongation east and west, and the altitude of the pole, he by calculation deduced the horizontal angle made by two vertical circles, one of which is the meridian passing through the pole, the other through the star's place when furthest east this horizontal angle being found and the baseline measured from the place of the instrument the north door of the president's house to where it is intersected by an east-west line from the place of the light or sight used the north side of north i street afforded the necessary data for calculating the distance to be measured west from the place of the sight to the true meridional line which offset was very carefully made and the line marked on the head of a post firmly driven into the ground The meridian being thus fixed, and a point found due north from the place of observation, the line was continued by the instrument at one site and tested by reversing the telescope and the intermediate station in the line to the top of a hill nearly two miles north of the President's house, on the lands of Mr. Robert Peter, where temporary posts were fixed and the line marked upon them according to the instructions by signal from Mr. Briggs at the instrument from the president's house the line was reversed by the instrument and continued south across the Tiber creek and marked in the same manner on the head of posts driven in the public approbation called the mall having obtained the permission of mr peter early in september i planted a small obelisk of freestone prepared by mr blagden in the meridian line north of the president's house on the height where the stakes had been fixed under the direction of mr briggs The apex is in the true meridian from the center of the north door. In perpetuating the south line it was deemed best to place the stone where the meridional line should be intersected by a west line from the capital. The surface of the ground, however, being unfavorable, the capital not being visible at the point of intersection, it suggested the planting an obelisk similar to that on the north line at a point on the meridian west from the south end of the capital, and where the building was distinctly seen, and from thence find the intersection of the counterline by measuring northwards half the length of the capital. Although the body of the building was in full view, yet intervening trees prevented my seeing with the necessary distinctness the south end of the capital, and I had to find the required point on the meridian by setting off the angle included between the northwest corner of the building and the center of the President's house. This angle I had previously calculated from the distance, 7,696.8 feet, and the length of the capital, 351 feet 5 inches, to be 87 degrees 27 minutes 6 seconds point eight. For the greater accuracy I measured this angle from different parts of the circle of a theodolite, made by atoms, going several times around the instrument and taking the mean as the correct angle in one instance however i found a variation of nearly two minutes in the angular distance of the buildings in others they would coincide for several observations i thus ascertained my position and the point on the meridian line from which a line drawn at right angles due east would touch the south end of the capitol with all the precision the instrument is capable of here i planted the obelisk and measured from the center of it north 175 feet eight and a half inches half the length of the building For the point of intersection on the meridian drawn through the center of the president's house by a west line from the center of the capital it is on the south bank of the tiber creek and marked by the erection of a small pier covered by a flat freestone on which the lines are drawn i am sir very respectfully yours nix king scw the president of the united states first endorsement nicholas king 15 October 1804, Meridian Line Through the Center of the President's House. Second Endorsement. King, Nick. Surveyor's Office, October 15th, 04. Recorded October 15th. To be filed in the Office of State as a record of the demarcation of the first Meridian of the U.S. End of Section 18